Hey, you're listening to That Witchy Stuff, and I'm your host, Celeste. Hey, hey, witchy people. How you doing? You having a good day? I'm having a pretty good day. Um, I don't know when you're listening to this, but for me, it's Thursday evening after work. And that means that the work week is almost done. Just one more day to get through for me. And then um, then I can finally have the weekend. And you know, it's never long enough, though. But that's okay. It's been a crazy, crazy week at work. Um, not like in a bad way. Just, oh, just in a crazy way. Um, I, I found out. Well, let me back up. So... I think I've said before that I work for a software company. I work in computer programming. Um, And it's a great company. I love my company. I really do. I love my job. I love the people I work with, the whole nine. I really am happy with my career. Um, But yeah, so I was recently informed that um, I'm going to be moving to a different product at the company. It's sort of like, it's related to what I'm used to doing, but, but it's not the same thing. Um, and I'm a little nervous about it and I don't think I'll be doing the computer programming aspect of things with it so much as like the client facing, you know, um, be nice to people kind of thing. And I like both of those kind of things, but, oh, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm anxious about it and I hope I'll do a good job. And then also this week, um, I think I've told you guys that I'm planning to move to the Netherlands in 2025. So I talked to the vice president of our Amsterdam office and, um, you know, he liked me and, and said that people had good things to say about me and all that stuff, which is excellent. And he fully supports me making the transfer there when the time comes. And that's all really excellent, but it kind of changed this, you know, like I have a dream of doing this to something that is a lot more tangible and um, a little bit scary. Yep. It, I feel like this week I've just been scared like of a lot of stuff and it's kind of crazy because I'm not a scared type of person. But, you know, um, good stuff, very good stuff, but has left me a little uh, off balance to say the least. Um, and then I was going to, I was trying to record this episode earlier in the week and I, (laughs) I was struggling with this feeling of like, it's sort of like a feeling dissociated a little bit, like kind of not exactly connected to my body, but it's not really like that. It's kind of, it's more like, I, I I don't know. There's a word for it. And (laughs) the crazy thing is, is turning into one of those weird synchronicities and maybe it's just that I'm more aware of it so like um it's coming up a lot more but anyway you know the word deja vu right like the idea of deja vu is like you're doing something and you feel like you were doing this exact thing in this exact um situation and with these exact people before um so there are two other feelings that are associated with deja vu um one is presque vu which means um, almost seen. And that one is like when you have that kind of like 
tip of the tongue kind of feeling or like when you have this feeling that um, something's going to happen, like there's going to be some big revelation or something's coming and you just don't know what it is. Um, or you know a word or a thought and you just can't quite put your finger on it. Um, that's prescavu. And then the third one is um, jamais vu, which means I never saw. So that feeling is when you're um, you're doing something that is routine and kind of all of a sudden you feel like, I've never done this before. I don't know what I'm doing. Like there are people, um, one of the things that I read about it was um, one person reported like that they had to pull their car over off the road because they like couldn't remember how the steering wheel and the pedals and all that worked. Um, I think a good example of it for me that I know I've experienced is like when I'm driving somewhere and all of a sudden I'm like, where am I? I have no idea where I am or how I got here. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. Oh, like what is even happening right now? Um, and maybe that's just me. Um, or, okay. Okay. I swear this is one. And it's funny cause I mentioned it to my boyfriend last night. And then I also mentioned that I'd never asked anyone else that, but now I'm going to ask all of you, have you ever been in the middle of peeing? Like you're sitting on the toilet or standing or whatever it is you do to eliminate fluid. I don't know. For me, I sit. So you're sitting on the toilet, literally in the middle of having a pee and you kind of get this feeling of like, is this right? Is this where I'm supposed to pee? <laughs> I I just realized that's literally exactly what that feeling is. It's that jamais vu kind of thing. Like you pee, you know, frequently, several times a day, hopefully. And, but sometimes when I'm peeing, I swear, I feel like, I don't know if this is right. <laughs> um, and yeah, my boyfriend got a kick out of that one last night. And um, I'm going to have to tell him that now I told all of y'all too. So um, if you have ever felt that, please, for the love of everything holy, let me know that I am not alone and completely crazy in that one. But anyway, that feeling, that feeling is called jamais vu. Like, I've never seen this and I don't know what to do. Another example of it um, that you may relate to a little bit better is when you say a word or write a word over and over and over and over and over, and then all of a sudden it, it doesn't look or sound like a real word anymore that's one of the uh quick and easy ways to like trigger that feeling so yeah anyway that's what my week's been like I've been feeling a little dissociated but I don't think it's in a psychological kind of way I think I'm just kind of a little bit overwhelmed you know as I often am so um yeah I've been you know I when I had COVID at the beginning of September after I got better I realized I was really struggling with brain fog, like bad. And brain fog is like one of the, you know, like really well-known things that goes along with COVID, particularly after it. And I also have ADHD and brain fog is a thing with ADHD. And on top of that, I have um, a thyroid autoimmune disease and brain fog is a big part of that. So I'm like, I've got three levels of brain fog happening and I can't, I can't live like this. You know, like I can't be a computer programmer and be stupid. It's not going to work. So I had looked into, um, some supplements that might help with the brain fog. And I've been taking some of that for the past week or so. And 
I'm I'm feeling pretty good, you guys. Like I I definitely feel a little less um, you know, foggy, a little less stupid because I was actually feeling legitimately stupid for quite a while there. And uh I, I feel like I have a little bit more energy and excitement. Like you know, that's good. That's really good because I I've, I've been been struggling a lot in the last year, year and a half or so. Everybody has. I mean, with COVID and all that stuff, everyone has struggled, but I don't like feeling like that. And hopefully now I am on the uh, on the upswing. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. So anyway, today today's episode is going to be all about the traveling witch. So let's take a short break and then we'll get right back to it. Now back to the show. Okay, and we are back. So, uh, yeah, today we're going to talk about the traveling witch. Uh, I think I told you guys on the last episode that I had asked on in the Facebook group if, uh, if there was anything that anyone wanted to know more about. Last week we talked about days of the week correspondences, and the other comment was this one. This is kind of an odd one, but maybe something about how you honor your practice while traveling. And like I said last time, uh, that's not an odd one at all. I think it's an excellent question. And um, we're going to talk about that. So the first thing that I want to say about it is just like when you're at home, practicing while you're traveling requires that you take time out of your day to do it. And that's a lot harder to do when you're traveling, especially if you're traveling for fun. You know, like if you're on vacation, it may be a lot more complicated to arrange your schedule so that you have that time. But you can do short, small things that will keep you connected without necessarily having to take a lot of time out of your day. Now, of course, the way you practice in general will determine the way you practice when you're traveling. Um, I don't think that when you're traveling is a good time to try to start something new. You know, I think that when you're away from the place where you already feel your connection, um, it's not really a good idea to do something completely different that may make it much more difficult or complicated for you to feel that connection. Um, And of course, that does depend on the way you practice and also where you're traveling to and why you're traveling. You know, I mean, like, obviously, if you're going to a monastery in Nepal, wow, couldn't get that out. If you're going to a monastery in Nepal, maybe that would be a good time to change something. But generally speaking, you know what I mean. Um, Just, you know, like, it's a good time to stick to routine because those pathways are already connected in your brain. Um, But yeah, so a lot of what I came up with is really the same kind of stuff you can do at home. You may already be doing at home, but I think that, you know, going back to what I said a minute ago about keeping things the same, I think that it's good to do that. You know, like if there's a particular thing that you do at home that can travel, that's good to do. Um, A couple of examples of that. Day of the week magic, like we talked about on the last episode, that would be a really good time to, to pull that in some more if you're already doing it. Um, color magic, you know, when you're packing your bags to travel, you can pack with intention of, of using the colors of your clothes 
as part of your color magic um, setting, you know. Um, sigils. Sigils are great for travel because obviously they're very portable. You know, the idea is kind of that you have like a pencil and paper, but you can do a sigil on anything with anything. You can do a sigil in at the beach drawn into the sand and let the tide come in and wash it away. That would be an excellent, long-lasting, far-reaching type of magic to work. Um, you can you can do you know project some energy into any kind of fluid. Um, let's say not bodily fluids because I feel like that's going to be gross with what I have to say next. Um, but you can project energy into any kind of liquid and use that liquid to paint, quote unquote a sigil on, you know, a wall or a door or a pillow or whatever. Um, because that's the really cool thing about sigils is that you don't have to have anything that's very specific. You know, like it doesn't have to be, sigils don't have to be like known sigils. They don't have to be like, there's no right or wrong sigil. You know, like that's kind of the point of it. It's not necessarily that you're using runes or known known symbols for things. You can write your own sigil, create your own sigil. Um, and then you can also, kind of along the same lines of sigils, you can write down your working and, um, and then release it in whichever way is appropriate. Like, you may burn it. Um, so you can write it on a piece of paper with a p pencil, again, you know, but you can also write it on like a leaf and use caution, of course, when you're going to burn something. Don't start a forest fire. That's really anti-witchcraft. Um, but yeah, uh, you can also put it into water and let the water take it away from you. Or you could put it, fold it into a paper airplane and, you know, fly it out into the air away from you to release the magic. The point is that when you're Doing witchcraft in general, creativity is like your friend. But especially when you're traveling, creativity can really be your friend because you want to think of ways that you can do the things that you want to do without it necessarily um, being with the same uh, supplies and things that you may have at home. Um, and then, of course, I think the biggest thing that you can do when you're traveling is some level of meditation. You know, ground and center connecting to the ground that you're at. You could also, like, expand that connection to the ground with where you're from and bring those two things together. You can keep them completely separate, but if you're in a different place, it's a good opportunity to ground and see if you get a different kind of energy from being in a different place. I think that, you know, as people, even if we visited every, you know, if we walked over every square foot of the planet, of, well, if we out walked over every square foot on the continents of the planet, there's still so much of the world that we can never actually see or experience. Um, because, I mean, like, what is it, like 70% of the planet is covered in ocean? Um, if I'm wrong about that, feel free to tell me. I don't know if that's the right number, but I know that the majority of the planet is actually covered in water, not land. So 
my point in that was there's so much of the world that we'll never be able to see. So when you have the opportunity to be in a different place, take the time to ground and see what that energy in this new place feels like. I think that that will enrich your knowledge of like how things work together so much more than almost anything else you can do. Um, oh, music. Music is one of the quickest ways I can connect to feeling witchy. I think that, you know, I, I understand not everybody like feels a, a deep connection to music. Like my mom, like never listens to music. I've never heard her deliberately want to put music on. My dad, on the other hand, played music all the time, um, at least when he was allowed. <laughs> um, sorry, I know my mic keeps picking up my exhalations, particularly when I breathe out of my nose. I need to, to just be a grown-up and get, a, you know, like an actual microphone instead of using my work headset because the sound quality actually sucks. But anyway, that's not important. I just heard that it picked up that breath. So anyway, yeah, so where was I? My dad... Um, played music all the time. I love music. I absolutely feel a connection to music. Um, so one of the first ways, like when I was first discovering witchcraft, one of the first things I did was look for songs that were about witchcraft. And then eventually I started to learn that I was being a little bit too specific. Um, if you look for witchy songs, you'll find them. The really cool thing to me is, I mean, they're not all going to be like, I don't know, like um, a pagan chants. I, I like pagan chants. I have several of them in my playlist. They're not all going to be pagan chants about, you know, honoring gods and goddesses and, and all this stuff. They can be like really normal songs, you know, like quote unquote normal. Um, but they don't need to be specifically about witchcraft. Like, there's this one song I like, um, Trampoline by Shade. Is that the right name? All of a sudden, I'm not entirely sure. Anyway, this song has nothing to do with witchcraft, but it stirs those witchy kind of feelings in me, you know? So if music is something that can, like, move your soul the way it moves mine, if you can make a playlist of witchy things or of witchy songs, you can use that uh, when you're traveling to start that, that mindset. Um, and actually you can use that at home too, to like, especially when you're getting ready to, to do a working or, you know, a ritual or something just to kind of get yourself in that, in that mind space. Um, to me, it helps a lot. Um, the last thing that I have in this part is crystals in your pockets. Um, I think this is a good time to be conscientious of what crystal does what and which ones you actually work with the most. You know, like you can have 50 different types of crystal, but if the one that you always pick up is that citrine, then that's probably something that is resonating with you that you should listen to. Um, so, sorry, I'm really distracted because y'all do know that citrine, most of the citrine that you can buy on the market is baked amethyst, right? Like it's literally amethyst that's been heated in, uh, 
a household oven, probably something equivalent to a household oven. Um, but yeah, so we say citrine, it's probably baked amethyst, but uh, it does change the, the, um, the, the structure of the, the molecules are, oh my God, I'm going to let it go. It doesn't matter. <laughs> let it go, Celeste. Okay, moving on. Um, so, but it is good time if you're going to be traveling, be a traveling witch, and you're trying to figure out how you're going to do that. Pare down the type of crystals that you're bringing. You know, don't, this isn't the time to say, I'm going to bring, you know, 20 pounds of rocks because I might need one of them. You know, like, think about which crystals have multiple purposes. For example, clear quartz or um, selenite can both be used as a stand-in um, for other things. Uh, because it's clear, it doesn't have necessarily a very specified energy, so you can use that in place of, you know, I don't know, rose quartz, because you can impart those, like it has clear quartz and selenite kind of have all of the all of the associations, so you can just specify it to the one that you're looking for. I personally, I don't use crystals a lot, which is funny considering that I cut gemstones and, you know, like have all these crystals and I'm fascinated by crystals. I don't use them a lot in my witchcraft. I don't know why. It's just something different. I have used them as a, like a, a central point to draw energy in. So I guess Maybe that can, um, maybe, maybe I can get it from that. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. It's getting late. It's really not. It's only 620, but it feels late because I'm 87 years old. Okay. The last thing that I want to talk about. So in that person's comment, there was something specific that they said that to me kind of changes the tone of the question or, or kind of changes the meaning of the question. Um, they said uh, how you honor your practice while traveling. And I think that word honor, to me, it feels a lot more spiritual, religious type of thing. Um, for me with my witchcraft, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm fully atheist slash agnostic, but only I only throw that agnostic in there because I think there may be something, but it's so far outside of our ability to comprehend that it almost counts as nothing. Um, and I'm sure someone is thinking that's literally the definition of agnostic. But um, there's a difference in my mind, and I feel like I'm more atheist, but a little bit agnostic. Anyway, it's not what this episode's about, is it? I'm going to try to focus. Um, this episode is about the traveling witch, and we're going to talk about what that word honor means in that comment. So to me, it feels like the person who wrote this comment means it in a way that is much more about um, the life of a witch, probably with deities involved, but I don't know. And the full, like, reaching that level of enlightenment in your spirit and things like that. Um, a lot of the things that I already said are more about specifically doing spells. And I feel like that's really not what you were asking when you asked the question. 
So I think what you're asking is about um, more about like, how do you make a traveling altar? Um, you can, in my opinion, again, in my opinion, altar can be like a, another word that could be used in this case is toolkit. You can make a portable altar or toolkit depending on how you view your practice. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm hesitating so much because I feel like I'm not going to do your question justice at this point. Like, I can talk plenty about the portable altar or toolkit, but I don't know so much about honoring it because that's not really something that I'm connecting to with my practice right now. At one point I was like, I would have been able to resonate with that easily. I'm sure at some point in the future, I will again, but for right now I'm I'm struggling to resonate with it. And I don't want to make you feel like, um, I just didn't get it or like, I'm just completely off base. I probably am off base because in general, that's where I am right now is just off base. Okay, so I'm going to get out of my head about it um, and just move on. Um, Hopefully, I've expressed that I'm trying to do your question justice, and I don't know that I'm going to. Um, So feel free to um, reach out and let me know if there's more to it that you want to talk about or want to hear about. Okay, so portable altar altar or toolkit. The first thing you're going to need is something to contain it all. Um, Like this isn't a situation where you want to put, you know, everything just like scattered throughout your suitcase that you dig for and you find what you're looking for. If you're, you're, if you're looking for something where it's a portable altar or toolkit, it needs to be contained because it's going to have this sort of, it's going to develop this sort of egregore about itself. Um, Like as you get it out, you begin to get the feeling of like, this is what I do when I'm going to practice witchcraft, you know? Um, and again, it's all about those, making those connections in your brain to like get your mind in that, in that right space. So something contain it. You can get like a really cool latching box, right? You can look at thrift stores or antique stores. You can look at local estate sales. You can find some really cool and weird stuff at estate sales. Um, it's crazy. Uh, I've only been to one, but I do get an email every week about local ones and I look at the pictures and they're really crazy. Um, but yeah, so it can be anything like that. Like it can be very much, um, a thing, you know, with capital letters, a case. It could also be something as simple as a pencil case. Um, or even like a gallon Ziploc bag, you know, it's not about, what the box looks like so much you know if you don't need the box to look like something that is like witchy then it doesn't need to um if you do need it to and what you're working with is a gallon ziploc bag you can you know like do something with the with the bag that would symbolize its intentions like use a magic marker like a magic marker oh my god i really am 87 aren't i you could use like a Sharpie or, or something like that to write symbols or sigils or, you know, whatever you want on a Ziploc bag to give it that kind of intention that you're looking for. So the point, though, is 
as with all things witchcraft, it there's no like right or wrong way to do it. There's only what works for you or what does not work for you. So, um, so what would go in it? Um, that is where it is going to be completely up to you. <laughs> it's really, truly, completely up to you and the way you practice. What are the things that you need when you're sitting at your or standing or whatever at your altar? What are the things that you need to feel like I am at my altar? What things make that space special for you? Um, because like, it's, it's just so wildly different for every person. But here are a few ideas. Um, so small containers of herbs. If you work with herbs a lot, it, that would be something that you definitely want to have in your in your portable altar or toolkit. You can go to um, Amazon, which I know, like, we're really not supposed to love Amazon, but I really love that they just bring it right to my house. I'm sorry. I'm a horrible person. I'll admit it. I like Amazon a lot. So anyway, um, but I hate myself for liking it, if, if that matters. So anyway, Amazon, you can um, look for like one ounce containers, even two ounce containers, depending on the size of, of what you're, you know, what you're going for there. You can get all kinds of different kinds. You can get like little plastic ones that are, you know, very, very nondescript, I guess is the word. You can get the little like to-go salad dressing cups or like jello shooter cups. You know what I'm talking about? Um, and then, and then they're completely disposable. Um, again, I'm not sure that's good witchiness, but you know, whatever works, it works. You can also get little, um, like one ounce containers that are aluminum that have a screw on cap and you can actually make your own candles in that to bring with you in your traveling, um, toolkit or whatever. I'm just going to start saying traveling supplies. Okay. We know what that means. Um, but speaking of candles, um, candles are another really good thing to put in there. You can use colored or white tea candles. It doesn't have to be like a big ritual candle. A lot of people love to use birthday candles because they can pull in that color association for what they're going for. And they burn out in, I don't know, five or eight minutes or something like that. They don't last forever. Um, you can make your own wax candles like I was talking about. Um, with those, uh, with the screw tops, like I was talking about, you can also use some other things that to me are, are like super cool. So in India, they have, um, Diwali is a festival, um, of kind of the, a festival of lights. Um, they use a lot of candles and things like that. I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, so I don't want to say too much, but I do know they use these little clay dishes a lot of times they're really beautifully decorated and it sort of has like a, a little spout on the end kind of fits in about the palm of your hand and it has like a, a little spout on one end you put a wick in there and like you just lay it in it and then you put candle oil and you light the candle light the wick and it burns there and it's just really beautiful and to me it feels it feels like it's very witchy um I have one somewhere from a friend in India that visited. I need to find it because I really want to use it now. Um, or you can use uh, small scented candles or even a large scented candle, you know, if you can fit it in there. 
um, especially for the scented candles, especially if there's a particular scent that will trigger your witchy mindset. Like for me, it's rose. When I smell rose, I start feeling witchy. It's just, it just happens. It always happens like that. Um, so I might have a rose scented candle uh, and that would be a good time to bring that candle out, you know, but be careful with smells because depending on where you are, you know, some people are really sensitive to smells and they may have issues with you burning a candle that they find to be too smelly or something like that. Also be careful with fire. You know, obviously if you are outside somewhere, you know, like you're, you're trying to connect with nature, that's excellent, but be careful with your fire because again, it would be a bad witch move to start a forest fire. Um, but yeah, so, uh, along the line of scents, you can bring incense sticks or cones. Um, but you can also find incense matches and they're really cool. They're just a little match. Um, it's like a paper matchbook. I guess some of them are, are, are wood matches too, but, um, you just, you light the match and you let it burn for a minute so that the, the stick parts burn in really well. And then you, you just blow it out and you let it smoke. And the smoke is incense smoke. Like it's scented. It's really cool. I think it's, um, very clever, but yeah, like I said, be careful with fire and be careful with, with smells because, you know, people can be, uh, sensitive. Um, some more things that you can bring along with you are um, feathers. Feathers can be really important for a lot of people in witchcraft. You know, they can be symbolic for air or they can be symbolic for, you know, like um, something moving away from you or coming towards you, something like that. You can use twigs, um, which I know sounds kind of funny, but if you for example, like to have a pentacle with you, um, when you're working on whatever you're doing, having five twigs, you can make a pretty decent pentacle, you know, if they're like even somewhat the same length. Um, and there's plenty of other things that you can do with twigs too, in like, particularly in your toolkit. Um, if you wanted to, you could, light a twig on fire, let it burn a little bit until you can, um, have a blackened tip and you can use that to write a brief amount of, um, symbols or whatever on something that you were going to burn, you know? Um, so yeah, also you can put rocks or crystals in there. Um, like we were talking about before with having crystals in your pocket, you can have crystals specifically in your toolkit. You can also buy little, um, like, really small crystal pieces. If you don't have like a um, crystal shop that you can go to, you can look on, even on Amazon. Oh, sorry, I hit the mic and oh my God, I'm talking about Amazon again. Um, but you can find little bottles that have crystal chips in there. And those, um, and they're like, they're small. They're like thumb size. Um, but you could put several of them in your, your, your uh, supply kit there. Probably that's a situation where you may want to like pack those carefully because you wouldn't want them to break, um, during travel. That would, that would suck. Um, you can also have like a travel wand. So from experience, I can tell you if you travel with a full size wand it's likely to get broken. 
And if you um, are very connected to your wand and that would make you sad, maybe get a travel wand. Um, it, probably this would be a good time for you to make it yourself too. Um, I would say it should be pretty small and it maybe should be a little on the thicker side. But remember, all a wand is for is just to direct where you're sending the energy, where you're pulling the energy in from. You can even use your finger as a wand if you want to. But if you particularly want to have like a tool, I would recommend a small one that can fit into the container that you have. Um, you may even be able to come up with something that is expandable, you know, like fits together or something. I don't want to have to Google that if there's such a thing as expandable wands. Um, yeah, moving on. Um, so if you use an athame, 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 I don't know. I forget how to say it now. I don't care. If you use an, an athame, um, you know, typically this would be um, a knife, like a dagger that doesn't close, but that's it's only symbolic. You can have a pocket knife in your toolkit. Um, just be careful if you're going to be traveling by plane, you don't want to have a pocket knife um, in your carry-on bag. Um, you can have uh, candles and you can have matches. Um, I googled those. You can have those, um, but, but yeah, I'm pretty sure pocket knives are out. Um, all right, so next, uh, any kind of divination tools. Uh, I don't go anywhere without my tarot deck. I don't know why that is, but like, I mean, that's not true. Like if I'm just going to the grocery store, I don't get my tarot deck. But if I'm traveling or if I'm going even to work at the office for the day, I grab my tarot deck and I don't exactly know what that's all about. But I know that I like the idea that I can pull it out if I need to. Um, and sometimes I do, you know, but I think it's just, it's probably almost like a a portable toolkit for me just the fact that I bring my um my tarot cards with me it's probably me trying to stay connected to my witchy area and since I work from home and really try not to leave the house unless I have to the things that I feel connected to are all here the whole house is my altar so so yeah other types of divination tools that you could bring would be um, a pendulum um, if you have like a small black mirror, uh, that would be really good. You know, like, uh, do you know what a black mirror is? It's literally a, a, like a pane of glass that's been blackened. Um, most people make it by holding, uh, like they get a picture frame and hold the, the glass over a candle so that the soot builds up on it. And then you can use that to look into and do, um, Wow, I just lost the word. <laughs> scrying, scrying. That's the word, scrying. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm telling you people, this week, I can't wait for it to be done. Um, so, yeah, uh, scrying, if you are into that. A small bowl that you can put water into or um, maybe a black mirror, something like that. Um, I would put a bell in there. Uh, because you can use bells in place of, of like in place of things to like cleanse. You can use bells instead because you can cleanse with sound. You can use bells to signify particular 
parts of your ritual um, or or spell, whatever you're doing. Bells are pretty cool. I would also put in there small strips of um, pieces of paper, strips or, you know, squares of paper. If you live in an area where you have access to, like, tree bark that you can easily pull off, that would be pretty cool to, to roll up and have in your in your portable supply kit. Um, that would be very cool. Um, also, something to write with, uh, pens or markers or pencils. Make sure if you have pencils that you bring, that you have in your toolkit, a pencil sharpener. Like, I know it's very mundane, but if you need a pencil to do your thing and and the lead breaks, you're kind of SOL. So have something in there that you can use to sharpen your pencil. Um, I would also put some type of padding for the, if it's a box, if it's like a hard case, um, because you don't want your stuff rattling around and breaking and all that stuff. You may want to be a little, little conscientious about how you pack it so that um, things aren't rattling around and getting broken. Um, and, also just rattling around and making all that noise, you know? Um, you know, when when I was a kid, they, they used to have these caboodles for, like, to put all your makeup in. I think they still have those. But you, if you look for, like, a makeup case, that may be a really, really excellent thing to use for your traveling supply kit. Um, even if you don't wear makeup. Like, it doesn't have to be like that, just so you know. Um, also the last thing that I'll say, I would have a flask in it. Um, I don't think that getting drunk is a good idea for witchcraft. Like that's maybe not the right time to do a spell. Like when you're, you know, like can't stand on one leg, but I feel like having a shot or two when I'm doing a spell really helps to centralize my energy. And a lot of times I'll use the vapors of the, the liquor. It's usually some kind of liquor. It's probably vodka. Um, but I'll use the vapors that are on my breath to blow out energy into something or, um, you know, like just really give something that extra, I don't want to say energy again. It's just that it's how I make the intentions go into an object is with the vapors that are on my breath. So feels really weird now that I said that out loud. Um, I'm going to let it go though. You know, I swore to myself that I would do better on this episode and, uh, yeah, not so much. Um, but nobody ever listens to the end of a podcast anyway. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that's about it. I'm going to sign off. I hope you have a really, really, really amazing day and um, keep it witchy. Talk to you later.